twisting the knife once it's in the wound. The Hawkeyes uh, are in a uh, weird spot. I don't know that I've seen a week of Iowa men's basketball quite like what we've just witnessed over the past six days now with another double-digit loss, this time coming at home to a team that came into this game under 500 and winless in the Big Ten, a team in Michigan that was on a three-game losing streak. I'm joined by Coach Gary Close, former Iowa assistant coach Gary Close. And Gary, uh, the score indicates this game is a little closer than it probably was in all reality. It's closer to probably uh, 20, I mean, it was a 20-point game for much of that second half. And what's crazy is this game was close at halftime. And before we talk about some of the macro issues, because we'll get to those, what happened in that second half? What was Michigan able to do to kind of blow this game open? Well, I think, you know, they scored 90 points. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're an average basketball team that that got 90 on them. And that's, you know, you, you got <laughs> to outscore them. You got to score a lot of points. So they just could not get stops, consecutive stops. And, and when you're getting the ball out of the net all the time, it's hard to run. And so, we, you know, they're, they're, they're in a half court situation offensively and they're not as good as they are in the open court. And, and uh, Michigan really, uh, really turned it up from an offensive standpoint, and and Iowa didn't have an answer. Isn't the bottom line is Iowa didn't score enough? Because isn't that kind of how we? And I say we, I'm talking about the Iowa coaching staff and the system at Iowa. It's, I mean, we can talk about defense till we're blue in the face, but our goal is to outscore people. So the approach is going to be we ought to be scoring 91. So yeah. That's what it feels like to me. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. Well, they're, yeah, they're struggling offensively too. There, they look disjointed at both ends of the court. They're not, they're not as crisp offensively as they've been. There, there's a lot, a lot of dribbling going on. Um, it just looks like the um, the chemistry that is just not there yet. And in a motion game, the way they play a lot, there, there's a lot of reading and and getting to know one another and and uh, working with each other, and it's, it's, it's not there yet. So um, you got a lot of new faces. They're trying to – you know, they're looking for answers. they got a lot of different guys playing, and they're just, they're just not cohesive at either end of the court right now. They're not playing any defense. I mean, they're there's no defense. They're struggling there. on the defensive end. They're giving up way – so many uh, points around the basket. I mean, they're, they're just giving up so many easy shots that uh, – you know, they, they mentioned on the broadcast their points in the paint were a lot the last two games, and then Michigan just did the exact same thing. They're, they're on ball defense, containing the balls are really, really mediocre right now. They really got to pick that up. Um, the amount, and it's amazing when you're trying to make a comeback, you know, they dug themselves this, this, themselves this big lead. Part of that was compounded by the fact that Fran got two technicals, ended up getting thrown out of the game. And you saw a little bit of fire. It felt like the players maybe got juiced up a little bit by that ejection. I'm certainly not defending the ejection. I thought Fran was completely out of line in getting that second technical, getting the first technical. I don't know what he's upset about besides his own players and the dysfunction of his own team right now. But he gets tossed, and his players seem to kind of get a little fire lit under him at that point on. But... Um, it seemed like every time Iowa would make a push, the bottom line is they would allow, like you said, an easy, easy uh, shot at the, at the rim. And typically it was after a 
drawn out possession where, you know, 20, 25 seconds a clock was run off. And it just seemed like Michigan could get in the lane at will. It did. And, I, and that's why I'm sure they, I don't know what their shooting percentage was, but I'm, I'm sure it was high. And their points in the paint were high. And, and uh, you know, you're defensively, you know, generally speaking, you, you want to try to keep them from getting shots around the basket. And you want to try to keep them from getting open threes. You want to try to have them score somewhere in between. And, and uh, that's not been the case uh, this past week. All right, before we get to our callers, we do have uh, several here waiting to talk to you, Coach, when we got you for about 45 minutes here for post-game coverage. I uh, do want to take a moment to thank uh, our sponsor, one being um, Iowa Smokehouse. They've been with us throughout uh, football season and men's and women's basketball season as well. You see their uh, message there at the bottom. But you can use the code Hawkeyes at iowasmokehouse.com and try out uh, whether they're whether it's their beef jerky, their uh, meat sticks, steak bites, uh, ketchups, barbecue sauces, salsas, so many different options for game day. Visit iowasmokehouse.com and use the code Hawkeyes for 15% off your order. Tasting is believing. And Brad Van Meter and his team, he's with us through ba- uh, women's basketball season. And this is kind of a joint men's and women's basketball show because, of course, the uh, men's game started right at the conclusion of the Iowa women's win against uh, Wisconsin. I guess we could talk a minute about that with Coach and see as a Wisconsin guy. But uh, I call Brad and his team down at State Farm in Des Moines, 515-256-6480. You're online at bradvanmeter.com, saving people lots of money on auto insurance, as well as renter's insurance, home insurance, life insurance, and more. Call them for a free quote, 515-256-6480. All right, let's go to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close, who's on the line. Lomansky, guys. Hey, Lomansky. Uh, like you both comment on this, Michigan and I were at the bottom defensively in the Big Ten so far this year. Uh, Michigan goes for big points tonight. When you have a style that Fran has, to me, they can't execute Fran's style yet. You know, they're not running the ball. They're not rebounding good enough to do that. And if you can't, if you're not shooting the ball well, do you think it's possible that that the coaching staff has to regulate shot selection and it, it seems like we have some talent with the bigs to score, but take better shots? Because when we depended on the three this year, we just don't shoot it well, guys. Yeah, no, they, they have really struggled from three. and I'm not exactly sure why. I think they should be shooting better. Um, some of it could be shot selections. I, I think a lot of it's confidence. It, it's not a very confident team right now. Shooting is a, has a lot to do with confidence. I, I think they're better than what they're showing, uh, but they're not shooting it very well right now at all. And and um, it's an offense that does rely on making some threes. And when they're not doing that and they're not getting any offensive rebounds, they're not drawing fouls, uh, then then they then they can't score. Not getting many easy baskets. It's 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 hard to score at the rate that they're normally able to do. And Gary, in addition to confidence, it seems to me, and we knew this was going to be an ex- problem, partially because of personnel loss. We've talked about this like every show so far. Chris Murray, Phil Perbracha. Uh, I know Aaron Ulis wasn't a big scorer, but um, you know he was a guy who could handle the ball. They don't. Ha- to me, they don't have anybody right now who looks confident getting to the rim consistently. They don't have anybody confident consistently. Uh, setting up in the post and you know 
you've got to be able to do one of those two things to be able to create consistent looks from outside. Am I right? No. Yeah. You, you know, if you're going to be a real good scoring offensive team, you got to have some balance in terms of where you're scoring from. And if you can't score inside, if you can't draw fouls and you rely just on jump shooting, you're going to have nights like tonight where they don't drop. And then you're, you know, where are you going to get your points from? So, um, yeah, they, 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 and obviously you're not posting up and not driving, you're not getting the free throw line. And, uh, you know, those are, those are free points. So, uh, the result is your offense struggles. Gary, I don't, I don't really think they try to move the ball, run their offense for a mid range shot. I think, I think they're so used to this three point shooting that they got to unlearn that a little bit. I mean, I can't believe you wouldn't uh, pull the reins back a little bit, and as a coach, Gary, and 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 run some offense and move the ball, and 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 they just don't have the guys to shoot the three. They're doing a lot of dribbling. Uh, usually, they, they they have less dribbling and more cutting and screening. And I see a lot of guys trying to go one on one. Maybe it's frustration. You know, it's hard to tell, but they're 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 not in sync offensively like they normally are. Uh, that's that's surprising to me because they're usually a really good offensive team, but they've got a lot of new a lot of new players, and especially when you're running a motion type offense where it's not set plays where you're going right here, you're reading. Uh, there the the, the cohesiveness is just not there, and then, then they force fast shots. How concerned are you, Gary, about Terrace Reed going off in this game? A guy who hadn't done really anything, he scores 19 on him tonight. Well, their interior defense has struggled all year. I mean, it's uh, it's it's got to be a concern because those are easy baskets. Those are high percentage shots. So, um, you know, that's a major college basketball player. If you get him point blank shots around the basket, he's going to have a pretty good chance of making it. Anything else, Lomansky? Gary, they're all right till the second half, and then it's like they get down, and then they just start jacking them up and forget to run their offense. Do, do I see that correctly? Like. They were in this game. Yeah, and, I, I, flying, and one once they get down, yeah. Gary, they just like they get stupid. Yeah, I think that's a lack of confidence. I think it's a lack of of um, you know cohesiveness that I talked about. Um, no, I agree. There's some of the some of their execution is not real good. I didn't even think they played that well in the first half. I think they were just playing a mediocre team and. That's why the game was relatively close. I thought it was, um, you know, two teams really struggling to find their way, and Michigan found it in the second half. Iowa didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought that was a very poor quality first half from both teams. I mean, you're sitting there thinking, boy, who can crap the bed more? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know that's coming on a little strong, but, I mean, I was not impressed with really anything in the first half, and that's concerned to me. I think more than anything, you talk about confidence, Gary, is part of me would kind of think, hey, they just got their pants pulled down two games in a row on the road, one at a bitter rival Iowa State and the other against a you know national top five team. But they got absolutely killed, trounced in that game. You would think they'd come back home on a Sunday, guns a-blazing versus a team that's very vulnerable on paper, lost three straight, and they, I didn't see any of that. And that, that that's maybe my biggest concern is the lack of fire that I saw from, from the opening tip. Yeah, I'm not sure I totally agree with that. When you're not making shots, it doesn't look good. I mean, it just it it doesn't um, you know it just doesn't bode well. And and um, you know, I thought I thought they were ready to go, but they 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 couldn't they couldn't score to the at the rate they were 
they're used to doing and got very few easy baskets and defensively continue to struggle. So um, I, I think there's, I think, I think it's a team that lacks a lot of confidence right now and are, and are, are looking for answers. And that's where your seniors got to step up. And right now they're not doing that. Lastly, guys, Gary, just give me an analysis of Franz two technicals, your, your opinion of, of what he's upset about, or if you can comment on that, I, I'm a Fran fan. I just like to understand and be a smarter basketball player about two T's yeah. today, tonight. Well, I can guess. I think, um, I think he's frustrated. Um, and of course that, that doesn't help. And I, I think they, you know, they had two offensive foul calls in a row. Both of them, both of them went against him. I thought actually both of them were pretty decent calls. Um, and that got his first technical foul. And, I, and I'm not so sure he didn't get the second one on purpose. I think I he thought his team was was on the ropes and going down, and thought, "Hey, uh, I, I, a lot of coaches do that." And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can't get change this thing. And and I, so I'm not so sure he didn't do that one on purpose. I don't know if he'd say that, but that was kind of my guess. I could be dead wrong. And they did kind of make a little bit of a flurry. And if Sanford had made those two technical foul free throws, then it might have gotten interesting. But that kind of took all the wind right out of their sail and could have been a four-point play and ended up only being two. And and then they just couldn't get any stops, and and that that ended. So um, that that would be my guess, and it's only a guess. Two things. First of all, I agree with you. And I, when I saw that second technical and the way Fran reacted, I mean, he just he just basically got up and talked to his assistants. He didn't argue that second technical. I think he was trying to get that as well. And you could see, like I say, a little bit of fire from his players. But, yeah, Peyton misses two free throws at the, at the free throw line. Very unorthodox for him. Um, he, he is in a funk right now. I, I don't know mm-hmm. what to say about Peyton Sanford. But- he's trying too hard. He's got to relax, and he's got to take better shots. He's got to get some easy baskets. He's got to get to the free throw line. It's all jump shots from three, and, and that, it puts a lot of pressure on you. I just don't know. I, I really don't know that Iowa, even with those two free throws, I didn't see a consecutive two to three possessions at all in that second half where Iowa strung together solid defensive possessions. So how do you come back when you're down 15 to 20 points? And you can't get consecutive stops. I mean, you're giving up second chances. You're giving up easy drives into the basket, easy penetration. The zone's breaking down. I mean, guys are hitting you back door. It's just – I. I I uh, I just didn't see any life from the defense, and you're right about the offense. I, that's that's been a concern from day one, and I feel like that's kind of been my concern since the end of last season. Is unless you can figure out how to replace these unbelievable scores, the unbelievably talented scores that Iowa has had, whether it be the Murray brothers or Luca Garza or Joe Wieskamp, unless you can find one, this style of play where you're so reliant on consistent efficiency on offense you're you're going to struggle not playing defense. I mean, I, I just – to me, that's just common sense. Now, maybe that's just a stupid opinion. Um, let's go to our uh, next caller here. We've got uh, uh, Doug on our Iowa Smokehouse call online. Doug, welcome. Hi. Hi, Doug. <laughs> Good to see you, Coach. Uh, Good to see you, too. About a thousand things I want to say. Always somebody makes one of me in the chat, so I'm not, I'm not sure where I want to go with some of the things I want to say. Um, oh, who cares about anybody in the chat, Doug? Just <laughs> sound off as you please. I'm never going to hate Fran. Um, he brought me back as an Iowa fan. 
I thought the stuff that happened in the fall of 02, you saw I posted about uh, Nevada last night and you commented back. I thought the stuff that happened, I, I, I stopped being an Iowa fan at one point. My try, and, you know, it, what stuff that happened in the fall of 2002, um, France done nothing halfway close to that. If that stuff happened today, um, that person would not have a job with the Me Too movement and social media. That person would not have a job today. I will never be mad at Fran for bringing my fandom back to Iowa. So with that being said, I have been posting things about Darren DeVries, as you've seen. You know, I think there's a lot of Fran fatigue. Um, those two technicals did nothing to help us. Have we won a game where he's got those technicals? Um, I, I don't remember so. that Wisconsin game against you guys. Do you, you remember the way he got rejected? Lost that game. Yeah. They I'm lost, he, here he knows. He was coaching, but yeah. I, 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 they lost that game. They were up. He got yeah. those two tackles. Did, did that help them? I mean, I don't. I mean, I. I somebody uh, asked you know me what how that was real quick, Doug. Can I just tell you what that? What the two technicals against Wisconsin were just uncontrolled anger. That's yeah. just uncontrolled anger. Just not knowing mm -hmm. when to to reel it in. I think tonight, I think Gary hit it on the head. I think maybe the second one was was orchestrated, and I can kind of understand it. But that you know what that also screams? Mm -hmm. That screams desperation. Yes. They definitely – it seemed exactly that way. And I was that way as a person that's taking this too personal. Um, I should never take this game as personal as I do. Um, my – like I told you before, value my life. If Iowa goes 0-31 uh, or 31-0, no, value my life does not change. But that – this sucks. Sorry if, if I, I – that's not a bad word to use on this, but um, – they're not consistent even with what they do on defense. They do different things on a ball screen every time. They do. There's times where they're out of position in that zone. I'm going, why is that guy getting deeper? They don't throw it over his head, and the other guys won't be open. I know that as a person that was a JV All-Star. Like, you know, that, that guy's going to be wide open. You know, if you if you start going, every, all five guys go that one side of the floor, that other guy's open on the other side of the floor. And that's, you know, as Coach knows, you always talk about it, you got to get – we were always told three sides before you shoot, you know, and we don't do that on offense. The ball sticks on one side of the floor on a motion offense. It's supposed to be motion. Um, I don't know. And then, um, you know, I think he's trying to play players out of position. Um, again, I, I like Fran off the court. Um, every interaction I've ever had, he's been very personal to me and I really think he's a great guy but again those things are I understand I understand the, the fan base it is 14 years you know we're one of the schools that just stays with people a very long time and I don't want the man fired but I don't want a losing season <laughs> I really don't <laughs> well, here's here's the only thing you got going for you, Doug, and I do have to move on because I got a couple other people and Gary's kind of short on time. But I just want to say real quick, the thing you have going for you is you do have a, an administration that's different. We, Iowa fans were stuck with Gary Barta for so long. And obviously, under the new president, under interim AD, Beth Getz, we've seen it demonstrated with the football team that perhaps there's a little bit of a different standard or at least at least in one case there was. And I'm not saying that Beth Getz is going to go fire Fran. I don't think there's any chance that happens, even if they lose out. I mean, may, maybe they, maybe she would. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's not going to happen either. The Big Ten is just not good enough. But um, I, I think there be. I don't think Beth is a fan of these temper tantrums. I, I would guess that. I, I don't know that, but I would. 
kind of based on her language, I, I think I'm guessing that that's not going to sit well with her. Yeah. My last point, and I think they're playing right now. Nebraska's playing right now. Okay. My last against Michigan State, um, I've, I've made it very vocal who I want Iowa's next basketball coach to be. And as I've said, there's only been two coaches to take Iowa basketball to the national championship game. Bucky O'Connor and Lisa Bluter, they both came from Drake. My fear is that that Nebraska will fire Fred Hoiberg and Darren will go there and he'll turn around the Nebraska program while we stay with Fran for three more years. Now I'll leave on that. So thank you, Doug. Appreciate the phone call. Anything to say to that, Gary? No, <laughs> not really. That's a <laughs> Iowa fan right there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I get it. It's it's frustrating. Couple things uh, here, Christopher in the chat about the women. How about this? Uh, Caitlin and Iowa girls are ten and one. Should be eleven and zero, but gave that Kansas State game away. They could uh, win the national title this year. Gary, did you watch that whole game? I did not. I did not. I uh, I saw bits and pieces of it, but but not a whole lot. So, did you watch um, the end? I did not watch the end. No. Okay. Um, I've talked about it every single show, and I'll continue to talk about it. They're up twenty three points with two and a half minutes to go. And Lisa Bluter puts Caitlin Clark back in the game. And with about a minute to go, Caitlin Clark falls awkwardly on her knee and gets up gingerly, is limping off. She went to the bench, didn't get examined, looked like she's fine. Why? And 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 the one of the commentators, well, you know, the, 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 people might be questioning this decision from Coach Bluter, but if Caitlin Clark wants to play, she wants to play. Is that how that works, Gary? Does Caitlin Clark have the authority to bring herself back into the game? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I'll tell you what. She tears her knee. I mean, I've said it before. She tears her knee. Everybody's going to be finger pointing. But I just thought that was absurd. But they yeah. got the win in Iowa. As long as she stays healthy, I agree with Christopher. They got a chance to, to win a lot of games because they're so elite offensively. And most of that is Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. And like Gabby Marshall's giving them a lot right now, but Hannah Stolke looked better today coming off the injury. I thought she looked a lot better tonight than she did on Wednesday against Iowa State. So um probably talk about that more later in the, the show. Two, DC, uh, okay. The two girls that uh, are coming next year played against one another yesterday in yes. Wisconsin. And um I think Lisa and one of her assistants went and watched the game, but um they're both very talented. They 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 got two good good players there. Tegan Mullaney and, and Taylor Strimlow, and of course. Um, they've also got Ava Hyden coming up from out West four-star big from Oregon. They've got Callie Levine, who's a local. So boy, that's a really solid class. And of course, journey Houston coming in, in 25, let's go to DC hockey, the super chat. He says, Iowa basketball is broken, not talking about the loss, but rather the lack of fans watch games from the eighties and nineties on YouTube to see the major difference. The situation is very problematic. Well, I have to say this, the, the fan, the lack of fan attendance today happened before the performance. And the a couple times the camera panned up. I mean, we're still empty in the end zone, Scary. That's a Sunday yeah. afternoon Big Ten game. They're still empty. <laughs> they might have been home watching the ladies play and didn't get didn't get to the yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably true. And that was a question uh, here in the uh, chat from Wolverine Nation. Uh, is women's basketball more popular than men right now in Iowa? 100%. I think right now it is. I, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's popular nationally. I mean, they're they're – they're fun to watch, and they've got, you know, a generational player. So I get it. All right. Uh, we've got uh, – let's see. We've got James in our Iowa Smokehouse call online. James, welcome. How you doing? Doing good. Hi, How James. are you? First off, the girls game, uh, 
it was good. Obviously, it was close early, but, you know, at the end of the day, they pulled away and they did what they needed to do. And obviously, like we always say, you know, I, I messaged you about the whole Kalen situation. It's just like, no need to even put her back in the game. It's like you always say, even, I don't ask Gary this question since he's on and you always ask this question. If you, lose that, if you win that game by 10 or if you win that game by 20, what's the difference? Uh, there's not a whole lot of difference. So, so Gary, let me just ask you this, Matt. I'm going to put you on the spot. I don't know of any direct allegiance you have to the women's basketball program. Can you please tell me your honest thoughts as a coach about the decision to put Caitlin Clark back in the game when you're up 23 on the road with two minutes to go? It's risky, uh, but I'm, I'm not coaching her team and, and uh, I'm not sure I do it, but uh, that's, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's her call. When you say, I'm not sure I would do it. Is that a, is that fair to say you probably almost certainly would not ever do that? What would be the reasoning to do that? Um, I can't think of one right now. Okay. Yeah. But on the men's side, obviously, like you said, it was like we played, didn't play great the first half, but we played well enough to beat any. You know what I mean? Where we're down to at half. Play one after you beat it. Then you score four straight. And then it's like after that, we just like went downhill. And it's like you said, we can't get the stop when we need to. Like if they, even if they get a little run, like – they get like a six point run. Sometimes you just need to get a stop. You know, maybe you can turn around. They just could never get that stop that they needed to. Yeah. And it's something that's always frustrating. It's like once you get, it's kind of like football in a way where it's like once, especially this game, it's like once they got it to like 10, I was kind of like, I don't know if we're going to be able to come back because it's like we weren't shooting well and our defense ain't great. So we can never get the stop we need. So it's kind of the same feeling of like once they got to 10, it's kind of like once you get to 10 with like 10 minutes left or so, because obviously, you know, it's a, there's a long time in the when if, half first start so you can come back then but i mean like once there's like 10 minutes left and we were down 10 i was like i don't know if we can come back we're not shooting well we can't get the stops we need do you have that feeling as well Corey, or not yeah yeah i kind of mentioned that earlier to gary i mean uh you're you're down 15 to 18 points and and franz appears to be franz throwing in a second tee to try to light a fire under his guys that tells me that he doesn't well that tells me that i don't know the coaching staff has confidence in his players to get stops down the stretch and, you know, that's a concern. That's a concern, especially when you have, I mean, you've got Patrick, who's a fourth-year guy. You've got Tony, who's a, what, a fourth-year guy. You've got, um, you know, Peyton's supposed to be, I mean, he, I know he's he's never been considered some great defender, but he's long and he's supposed to be kind of a leader on this team. He's a third-year guy. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm very much concerned with a lot of things right now mentally with this team, lack of defense, Shooting woes. I made one three pointer tonight. You're just not going to win eight games. Um, not, not in the Big Ten. Not this style of basketball. If you can't make more than one three, for sure. What was your thoughts on this for both y'all? What's just our thoughts on the lineup change? Like the starting lineup change. I know you said yeah. it don't matter, Gary, but like, yeah, I, I thought Freeman deserved uh, deserved a chance, and uh, it didn't. It didn't work out real well, but I, I think he's got to play. I think that you just got to play through his growing pains. Um, I, I think he's that good. Uh, how they complement him uh, with the rest of the lineup, that's, the, you know, that, that'll be a challenge, but um, he plays hard. He's got some talent. I, I think, I think he's, I think he's got to get minutes so he'll get better. That's the only way you're going to get better is playing. Uh, so I, I can see that. I, I can see the reason for doing it. It didn't work, uh, but I can see I can see why he did it. Do you think they did it right though? Because like for me, I would have. You know, I know he's a coach's son, so it probably wouldn't happen. 
I would have still played Bowen because I feel like he gets you better defense at a guard position and that took Patrick and put him on the bench and started Freeman that way because I feel like Bowen gets you a little bit better defense in the guard position than what Patrick will give you. Yeah, I think they were more concerned with their interior defense and rebounding and they wanted to go a little bigger and and hopes that that would help that. Um, and uh, it didn't work out that way. It'll be, it'd be curious to see what happens going down the road because I think it's I think where they are now, it's it's a, it's a, it's open game. Um, as we talked about before, the seniors are not playing great, um, and they're in a different role. And you just never know how guys are going to react to that. Uh, they they they've been they've had players around them um, in the years before that that you know that, that 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 could score and do things that so they weren't they weren't the main guys. Now being the main guys is a different deal. And the same thing with with Peyton. Uh, and so. Um, I, I just see frustration and a lack of confidence right now in all of them. They're, 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 they're not playing as well as they're capable of playing, um, certainly on the offensive end. So they've got work to do. It's, 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 it's going to be a challenge. I don't think there's any question. But they're, they're a better team than what they're showing. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. So they've got to get better. Yeah, and I feel like it's going to be tough. Obviously, we get three, what, non-conference games or three – don't we get like three more games before? They don't have another conference game. They don't even have another conference game until January. So the rest of this month is going to be tune-ups and trying to fix what's broken right now. Yeah, right. so maybe that will get us back to our shooting ways. Hopefully. The ideal situation, James, would have been to win today, be able to go into those three games and know, hey, you know, we're not playing well, but we're one and one in conference play, and we've got some time to fix some things. This is not ideal, being 5-5, five and 0-2 five, oh and in the Big Ten. But it's still – they need the break. They need this – I know they got finals this next week, but they need some time to figure out what's going on. I'm just glad we're not having to go full bore into conference season. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, what's the next game? Is it Des Moines, or did they have one before Des Moines? Des Moines next Saturday. Yep. <laughs> right. So this yeah. is finals week this week. Yeah. This next week. Yep. But it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, and you don't ever want to go out and a loss like that, especially just the way we lost. I felt like we were fighting for a while, and then it just seemed like it got away, but. I'd be interested to see, and I'm interested to see Fran's press conference after what he said kind of about the thing, because I agree with Gary. I felt like those two calls were the right calls. Like, I felt like the offensive foul on uh, Bowen, he had his arm, you know, he like he hooked the guy, and then Laji dropped his shoulder. So you can't do either oh. of those. So L- Laji was the most obvious call that yeah. you could ever imagine uh, yeah. on the offensive yeah. foul. I almost wonder if both of them were intentional, Gary, in a way, because he lost his mind on that first one, that first technical. And maybe mm-hmm. it was a combination of both calls, but I agree with you. I think both calls were were fair. I wonder if Fran wasn't trying to get both of them. No. Yeah. Anyways, uh, James, uh, thank you for the call, sir, and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll probably talk to you here soon. Up and Jerry and I, and uh, at least the girls won, so we got something at least to be happy about. So, absolutely, thank you, sir. All right, um, let's see. Uh, let me run through. Well, before let's we'll stick with Gary here. We got about ten minutes left with Gary, and then I'll kind of run through stats for both the men's game and the women's game. And we'll probably spend a little bit more time talking about the women, their twenty-two point victory over the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, Dean in the chat says Hawks not playing well. I believe this young team will figure it out. They need a leader, someone who can take over when things go south. So, who is that going to be? I think the best player. Yeah, in this I, team. Think, I think he's. I think he's right on with that. I, I. I think I don't know. This is pure guessing. I don't think either Tony or Pat were very verbal. And um, and so it, it's kind of left to Peyton, and he's trying to figure out his own game. And so it's 
it's a tough little deal there in terms of a leadership where they've had definite leaders in the past. So it's all a part of developing a team. And um, when you go through a rough patch, it just kind of gets exposed. Um, today was disappointing. The other two games are understandable uh, in terms of who they played and where they played them. But um, like I said, I, I think they're better. They're a better team than what they're showing, uh, but they got work to do. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. But first, before we do that, I want to give a special thank you to RTI Threads and uh, their Cooper DeGene apparel, along with their merch lines for Aaron Graves, Carson Shire, Aiden Hall, Zach Lutmer, and more Iowa athletes. They're going to be expanding their uh, horizons with Iowa athletics. So jump on the RTI Threads train now, just like we have here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Visit rtithreads.com. And for Cooper DeGene's uh, website, it's cd3lacesup.com. That's cd3lacesup.com. Com. We'll be announcing RTI Threads player of the game for both of these games here on a little bit. Uh, but first, let's go over to Tony on the Iowa Smokehouse call online. Tony, welcome. Hey, how are you doing, Corey? Hi, Tony. How are you doing, uh, Coach? First time I've talked to you this year. Nice to see you. Um, I saw that uh, Fran, I think it was before the – I think it was the beginning of this week they asked mm-hmm. him a question, something to do with like past staffs, and he mentioned – he has a relationship with you, I guess, a friendship or whatever. How far back do you guys go? Oh, we go back quite a ways. Um, when he was an assistant in Notre Dame and I was an assistant at Iowa, actually, well, I got to him real well, so we were both recruiting Ray for friends, and neither one of us were successful. I mean, <laughs> it still haunts me. Uh, but um, we we sat in a lot of games watching Rafe play and, and – uh, we're both from the same area back in the Philly area. And so kind of connected that way. And, and uh, so I've known Fran for, for quite a while and, and um, I've enjoyed his, enjoyed his company many times. He is a completely different person off the court. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. I just, well, a lot of people I'm... are, <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> um, um, I don't I'll just close with one comment and then because I know you got to go, Coach. Uh, Corey, the the prices for that Des Moines doubleheader are just plummeting like a bad stock. Are they really? Oh, my gosh. It's down to, I think, 40 bucks for the upper deck. What, what, what's the other game? Uh, it's like cle- – it's the, both teams are – they're both buy games for the women. So they're both women. The, the, one of them the, is Iowa women and one of them is the, the Iowa men. Yeah, and it's 3.30. They're both, and so they're, they're both playing in Des Moines and the women are playing yes. in Cleveland State. One's playing Florida and am It's a terrible game. Yeah, playing. yeah. yeah the, and the women are the second the second game. They actually scheduled that right, I will say that. So I'm going to be very interested and I will – Send you pictures if you don't make it, Corey, to see what the stands look like for that first game. I might, I might run down there. <laughs> I, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now on StubHub, I think you're getting the door price. You can do it for about forty six bucks a ticket. That's that's still over. That's still way overrated, way for, overpriced for those opponents. For two games, though, I guess if you if you average it out, twenty five bucks a game. <laughs> twenty five. Oh, Corey, you're making what? those big bucks. Let's go. Listen, yeah, well, I'm sorry, but I'm watching Carver, and I see, I see empty seats right oh, behind I, baskets, right I behind. Agree, but this, but this I is because the event sold out. You've got it. You've got to do secondary market here. I think those seats were like thirty bucks face that are selling for forty five. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, well, I probably won't see it for a while because I will not be calling in after that doubleheader. So um, okay. that's hopefully we can string some wins together and enjoy your Sunday, Coach. All right. Thank Good you. to see you. Or Tony, I'm sorry. I called him Doug. My bad, Tony. Appreciate your support. Uh, let's go to, I think, our final caller of... Uh, You're a little rattled, too. <laughs> Wouldn't you be <laughs> after watching that game, aren't you? Uh, let's go to our uh, next Iowa Smokehouse caller. We've got Ryan. Ryan, welcome. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, as far as uh, the women's go... Good today. Yes, sir? Officiating was pretty good today, Ryan, wasn't it? What was? Officiating. Um, No. Not really, but um, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was fine, Ryan. It was fine in the girls' game, and Caitlin is now the number nine all-time leading women's scorer of all time, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, yes, I agree with Corey. Uh, it was funny. The announcer, who I think used to be the Minnesota women's coach, if I'm not mistaken, she was sort of. You could kind of tell she didn't agree with the call, but she didn't want to criticize it either. And she's like, well, if she wants to go in, you got to let her go in. A minute later, you know, she kind of came up slightly gimpy. And she's like, okay, and now it's time. Now it's time. It's like, well, it really wasn't necessary. Sometimes I agree. I think Lisa might be playing with fire a little bit. She wants to maximize how far Caitlin can go. And if we do it smart and keep her healthy, she's going to break the record anyway. So that's my thought on that. I just am amazed. I just am amazed that that's, if that's why, that that's a good enough reason to risk a player's health with two minutes to go, a, a generational athlete, because we're concerned with her breaking a record, a scoring record by the end of the, I think it's amazing. Amazingly, some, some degree I understand it, but you got to also understand this is also a team that made the national championship game last year. And we have 10 pieces that can take us pretty far. And I agree. When, when, when the game is in hand, you got to pull the plug, and fans have to understand that, yeah, you paid a lot of money to go see watch Caitlin play. My understanding is a place like the Cole Center is not used to 14,000 for a women's game, but even if she's, you know, the attraction, three, five, five minutes to go and the game's out of hand, you got to pull the plug. Yeah. Well, she, instead of, she, listen, instead of pulling the plug, she put the plug back in. So, right, right, and with two minutes to go. It, I mean, it, you're 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 get, you're gambling big time on that. And, and I, were you I, not were you not wincing when you saw Caitlin go down and kind of that knee kind of crumpled on her? I thought to myself, Bluter, you're gonna put your legacy on the line to possibly run up the score a little bit on a team that hasn't beat you since any of these kids were alive. Don't do it. You know, I thought I thought that was and I'm a Lisa Bluter fan, don't get me wrong, but that was pretty eh. Ryan, I I, I think she I hope she learned a lesson. I hope everything's okay and she learned a lesson. No, she didn't. Uh Ryan, I gotta let Gary slide. Do you have any final question for him for some parting shots? 
Yeah, just basically on the men's side, um, it, it just seems like there's a lot of disorganization. I've had people flame me when Fran got the technical at Purdue. I thought it was at a really bad time. And today just felt like he just lost his mind and threw in the towel. And, you know, you got to understand, lapdog Gary isn't here anymore. And I felt like he's he's also somewhat playing with fire. Do, do you feel like maybe, I mean, was it like a motivational tactic or was it just that he basically threw – I don't want to say F it, but did he almost just say F it like we're we're screwed and he lost his mind and went away? I didn't think the game was necessarily out of reach. It was getting there, but it wasn't out of reach, and yet that kind of put us out of reach. And then on top of that, when your best foul shooter misses two technicals, you know, it's curtains. What do you think, Gary, Coach? Yeah, we talked about that. I, I agree. I, 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 uh, those were two free throws that maybe could have gotten him back into the game and uh, gave him a little bit of momentum. It could have been a four-point play, and they didn't get either one of them. He's a good free throw shooter. So that, that didn't help, that's for sure. And the, well, Gary, when I, the comment on, I made at Purdue. Ryan, hold the, on. I got to let Gary – I got to get – Oh, there, okay, Gary. sorry. That's all right. He can finish up. We're, we're good. I was just going to say the comment I made at Purdue was I really – after the Purdue game, I really like how we are individually good players, but the sum of the parts doesn't add up. And I thought tonight really, really kind of highlighted that. We're good individual players, but as a team, we can't get stops, and that's a problem. But the sum of the parts are not adding up. Individually, we're not too bad. Yeah, no, their 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 cohesion is not real good right now at either end, and I think it's partly frustration. I think it's partly a lack of confidence. I think it's partly playing real good teams, and um, and and just not being a lot of not a lot of new parts that haven't meshed yet. So uh, hopefully that'll that'll get better. And I don't think Michigan's a real good team. Purdue and Iowa State obviously are. Yeah. But- I would Man, look at Iowa State and maybe try to make that more of a template for what you want to be. And your Wisconsin teams, I never thought of Wisconsin when you were coaching there was a great three-point shooting team, but a good one. Not great at anything offensively, but very competent. And one thing you guys did was played tremendous defense. And you can always win, even if, like, the three's not going. You could feed it down low to Nigel Hayes. You know what I mean? You guys found a way to win, and I took my cap off to you. You guys got the most out of what you had, and I think that is what we really got to focus on. Thank you, Coach. All right. Good to see you. All right, Dirk Gary. Appreciate you hopping on here for a few minutes. And- you bet. Um, we'll we'll hopefully uh, have better times to talk about ahead. I know at this time last year is a little bit later. I think it was in late December last year. Iowa was going through something similar. Now this looks a little different, and I don't think they have the top end personnel they did last year to get that train back on well, the rails. But uh, we'll be here to talk about it, Gary. So they've got you know they've got some talent. It, it doesn't look like that right now. 
but and they've got a pretty experienced coaching staff. So I think give them some time to to uh, work with them and get some confidence back, and and things could change. They're going through a, they're going through a tough patch right now. So hopefully uh, they can get that corrected. Go Gary, uh, just do well in your finals this next week. All right, <laughs> I don't have any finals to take. Enjoy, thank goodness. Okay, well enjoy and enjoy a little break and uh, a little we'll Christmas shopping. Okay, okay. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good, Thanks, Corey. Sir. All right, folks, we're here to talk, uh, finish up talking about uh, the Hawkeye men or the Hawkeye women. Of course, the women defeating Wisconsin, eighty-seven to sixty-five. The phone line is open. To call if you want to hop on 515-635-1601, 515-635-1601 to talk about either the men or the women. I know two polar opposite results, but we're here to talk about both of them. A reminder, if you've not been here before, please be sure to hit the like button. That's kind of first priority. That always helps us in the algorithm. If you're enjoying post-game coverage and having this outlet, this therapy, as some people call it, be sure to hit that thumbs up button. Also, the subscribe button, if you're not a member or not even necessarily a member, but just a subscriber, please do that before you leave. It does help the show as well. You can follow me on Twitter at from the Hawkeye and at from the Hawkeye or excuse me, at from the Hawkeye on both Twitter and Instagram from the Hawkeye of the storm on Facebook. Help us grow our social media. Help me grow my social media. Uh, I don't do a great job. I'll be the first to admit that. But uh, word of mouth is very powerful. And we've got about 175 people on right now so uh head over to twitter instagram facebook even if you're not real active on those platforms and numbers do help so uh thank you in advance for that a couple things in the chat the hawkeye uh 128 says fran is a great coach this is the first season without an nba pick on the squad and leading the, the uh, league in scoring in more than five years the fact is patrick perkins and peyton have not grown I'm not going to argue with you that uh, Fran is a good coach. I, I think that's a fair statement to make. However, I've got to be consistent with what I've said on the football side and what I say with basketball is if we're talking about not having personnel, we're talking about guys not developing, who's responsible for those guys not developing? All right, so now all the naysayers of me out there that don't like my criticisms toward Brian Ferentz, I'm being consistent here. All right, if you don't have players, the fact that Patrick Perkins, Peyton, if that's all true and those guys have not developed uh who does that fall on to me uh coaching staff has to be uh, at least partially at fault there and uh coaching staff at this le level of basketball is also responsible for going out and recruiting going out and now you can add players in the portal if you see you're going to have a deficit in top end talent maybe some guys leave early like chris murray left early last year aaron Eulis transferred out of the program you're responsible for going out and, and grabbing some people in the portal Fran was not able to do that, minus Ben Cricky. Great ad, but not necessarily um, – I don't think Ben was precisely what they needed as it relates to size and side. He's going to give them some post play. He's going to give them a mid-range offense. Um, he's not a great rebounder. He's battling. Right now, he might be their best player. In fact, he's our RTI Threads player of the game today. But uh, in general, Fran swung and missed several times in this past transfer portal cycle. He swung and missed in the previous transfer portal cycle, and we're seeing the results of that. So we want to blame personnel. I look at development, recruiting, and transfer portal, and all those fall back on responsibility at this level of uh, the head coach and his or her assistants. RTI Threads player of the game, Ben Cricky with 24 points, 8 rebounds. He is Iowa's leading scorer on the year. He was 8 of 15 from the field, 8 of 11 from the free throw line. 8 rebounds is solid. Uh, he needs to continue to average close to eight rebounds. No one else on this team today, folks, had more than four rebounds. Owen Freeman had four. 
Several others had three. But in general, I mean, again, I, I hate to rip on Patrick, but you know, at 10 points, made a couple shots early, and you think, okay, he's going to kind of get his rhythm back. Ended up going 4 of 12 on the day, 10 total points, no assists, no steals, two rebounds. Now he's a 6'9", um, you know, he's a 6'9 wing that doesn't post up, that can drive inside, kind of shoots off balance shots. That's kind of his pedigree. And I, I, I don't know what's going on with Patrick right now. If it's physical, if it's mental, I hope it's not, but, but he's not himself right now. As I mentioned, Ben is working really hard. Owen Freeman started today and ended up only playing 18 minutes. Uh, did add uh, five points, four rebounds. They need more out of him, and it's crazy to expect so much out of a, a true freshman, but they need more out of Owen Freeman. And Peyton Sanford, just, I mean, he is not the alpha that people were making him out to be prior to the year, at least not to this point. Ten points on four of nine shooting. Missed a couple of big free throws, had three rebounds. Um, and three assists along with three turnovers. DeSante Bowen, man, they need more out of him. DeSante, 0 of 1 from the field, only played 12 and a half minutes, zero points, five assists, one turnover, so still taking care of the basketball, but uh, he was perceived to be more of a scoring, attacking guard when he was recruited to Iowa, and uh, so far he's not really shown that. I mentioned earlier RTI Threads. They're sponsoring our Player of the Games each and every day, each and every week. Uh, Cooper DeGene's apparel line can be found at cd3lacesup.com and Aaron Graves, Carson Shire, Aiden Hall, Zach Lutmer, all those athletes are highlighted over at rtithreads.com. And the uh, stuff is flying off the shelf for Cooper DeGene. Get it while you can because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they're running low on some of the the uh, the order, running low, I should say, on merchandise at this point. But uh, they'll keep producing more. Great people, great uh, company over at RTI Threads in North Sioux City. Visit rtithreads.com and cd3lacesup.com. All right. Uh, phone line to call in is 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601. If you want to talk about the men or the women after a very uh, bipolarish day with the men losing by, what, 10? Women uh, winning by 20-plus. Uh, and let's get back to the chat. Um, Andy says, I think that Fran's technicals were drawn up and they're about as, as good as his uh, defensive strategy. So some sarcasm there. Uh, T. Hink bringing up the play of Sydney of Falter. Man, she was good again, wasn't she? And I know she doesn't score a lot of points, but you see her stat line just really solid all the way across the board. And of course, Caitlin Clark was phenomenal. But Sydney of Falter on the day, uh, let's see, she had 12 rebounds, seven points, 12 rebounds. Four assists. Uh, she's three of five from the field and uh, one turnover. It's really good. That's really good, folks. Uh, Caitlin Clark, 28 points, nine boards, five assists, four turnovers. Hannah Stolke looked more like herself tonight. 21 points for Hannah Stolke to go along with three rebounds, three assists, two steals, and no turnovers. Hannah Stolke was really good. Eight of 16 shooting with 26 total minutes played. In the game, Gabby Marshall continues to struggle offensively. One of four from the field had three points, um, had four steals, though. So give her credit for that. No assists, no blocks, one turnover. Uh, I said two rebounds. And uh, Molly Davis kind of in a funk all of a sudden. She's didn't really shoot at all tonight. Made two free throws, did shoot one field goal, missed it. Uh, finished with two points. Kate Martin with six points on two of nine shooting. One of five from three-point range. Kind of a quiet, really quiet day, actually, from uh, Kate Martin. And then uh, 
Let's see. I mentioned a falter. Kyla Fierbach added eight points for the Hawks. Good to see her go three of four from the field, make her, her only free throw attempt in 16 minutes uh, of play. Uh, good to see you here, Nathan. Thank you for being a part of the show in the chat. Commander Cody, thank you for being here as well. And let's see here. Um, Doug says, I give Fran this season, but if he had a losing season next season, there's no way he can stay. Well, again, it'll be interesting to see the immunity that Fran McCaffrey has, especially with the change at the helm with the AD. Now, we don't know who's – assume that Beth Getz has got a good shot of being named permanent AD, but we don't know that she's going to be the permanent AD, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Christopher Smith, Caitlin is chasing a historic record. She has to play to get it. She has a shot at Maravich. Okay, so apparently a record is more important than the season for the for the team and 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 health and, and longevity for these players, especially for a generational talent like Caitlin Clark. I just don't agree with that, but – Obviously, Iowa has made a statement. Lisa Bluter and that coaching staff, they've made a statement that, hey, we're willing to play her during garbage time in order to help her achieve these individual goals. And and that's up. That's their prerogative. That's that's their prerogative. I disagree, uh, but that is their prerogative. So 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 be it. I'm not going to convince them other, otherwise. Jesse, he says, uh, getting beaten by, uh, excuse me, be- getting beaten soundly at home by a pedestrian Michigan team should not happen even in a rebuilding year like this. This is unacceptable. That's a, a fair way to look at this. Rick, what lineup Fran used tonight uh, did you like all that much? What lineup what, what, what lineup was there to really uh, look at and like this evening, Rick? I mean, uh, you know, I thought the starting lineup the first few minutes, I think they were up 7-2, to two, weren't they? So, you know, I, I think I stick with that starting lineup going forward. Although you're still not getting consistency from Pat McCaffrey at all. And um, we can run through some of the numbers. I ran through the women's numbers. Pat was uh, 10 points, 4 of 12 from the field, 2 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 steals, 0 turnovers. Ben Cricky, uh, he was our player of the game, 24 points for Ben, 8 of 15, shooting 8 of 11 from the line, 8 rebounds and an assist. Owen Freeman had 5 points in 18 minutes to go along with uh, 4 rebounds. Tony Perkins 19 points, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 5 of 11 from the field, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 turnovers, 4 steals. And he was very close to earning our RTI Threads player of the game because um, he's a guy, kind of like Sidney Falter in a respect, who's going to kind of stuff the stat sheet, um, although you'd like to see more boards. I know he's a guard, but he's got length. He's got some of the longest arms I've seen of a two at this level. Uh, and, you know, had 4 steals. He's working defensively, had a tough matchup. Uh, tonight against Doug McDaniel, held him in check. McDaniel ended up with just 11 points, I think all of which came in that second half. Peyton Sanford, 10 points, 4 of 9 from the field, 3 rebounds for Peyton to go along with 3 assists and a turnover. DeSante Bowen played uh, just short of 13 minutes, no points for DeSante. He said too many games like that, but did have 5 assists in a, in a uh, Let's see, five assists, no steals, and a turnover. Josh Dix played 15 minutes after starting against Iowa State. Was one of five tonight, missed some open, wide open shots. And that's uh, he's kind of a microcosm of the shooting struggles they're having right now. Two points for Josh Dix, one of five shooting, oh, four from three. One rebound, one assist, one turnover, no steals. Laji Dembele or Dembele, can never get that last name right. Two points for Laji. Had four fouls called against him in just short of 12 minutes of play. Had three rebounds, uh, and I think it was all this, uh, maybe one possession. And he got those three rebounds, or I think they were all of the offensive variety. Let me see here. Um, 
two of the three were of the defensive variety for Lodgy. Brock Harding played uh, 12 and a half minutes, had six points, three of four shooting. We might see more minutes out of him, um, just given the efficiency. He was 0 for 1 from 3. We saw Evan Bronze log about 5 minutes, and Price Sanford logged about 8 minutes. Those two guys combined for just 2 points. The Hawks shot 25% from 3, 76% from the free throw line, 44% from the field overall. Michigan shot 48% from the field, 38% from 3, 82% from the free throw line, scored 90. That's a Michigan team that's looked mediocre at best through much of the early season. All right, let's see if there's anything else here that I'm missing in the chat. Shane says, I agree, Corey. Basketball sends more money than football and recruiting, and for what? Well, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you know basketball spending more money on recruiting than football. I have, find that hard to believe. But, um, I mean, yeah, at this point, um, I, I, I'm so against just blaming, looking at a, a a team and saying, well, you know, they don't have, there's not some really good players. You can't blame the coach for that. I mean, why can't I blame the coach for that? <laughs> I mean, and Fran may turn this thing around. I'm not giving up on this team. They're 0-2. I think they were 0-2 starting last year. They ended up in the NCAA tournament. Now they lost in the first round. But if Fran makes a recovery and they get to the tournament this year, we will look at this and say that's a pretty darn good turnaround and a pretty darn good coaching job given what they lost last year. Not sure that will happen, but um, – I doubt that will happen, actually. I think a lot of people right now would be surprised to see making NIT the way they're playing. But it's early. Two games into the conference season, they got several weeks to figure it out. They got a few gimmies here in the next few weeks, and then they play early uh, January in their third Big Ten affair. Circle Herc, what's the goal this season for women's basketball? Is it to make another Final Four run, or is it to give fans the Clark Show? I know what the media and TV have answered to this, but what is Bluters? Great, great, great question. And uh, I would love to be able to ask Lisa Bluter that question um, if I got the opportunity. I've not had that opportunity here uh, recently. And I don't think Lisa Bluter really does Zoom press conferences. I know Fran's big on that, and I've been able to be a part of some of those in the past. I've got some access to Kirk Ferentz here recently. But in general, I don't know of many Zoom press conferences for uh, for Lisa Bluter. LFG, thank you uh, for liking the video. Please do that if you are here. Uh, Shane. Jan's a good coach, but do we really think Iowa is appealing? I can name 10 upper Midwest programs right now that the Iowa job can't touch. 10 upper Midwest Iowa jobs, uh, or excuse me, uh, 10 upper Midwest basketball programs. Uh, I'm assuming, well, you're talking about, uh, you're talking about Fran, you said Jan. Jan's a good coach. We're talking about the women. Um, I don't know that there's 10 upper Midwest basketball programs and in, in, in women's basketball right now that I would put above Iowa. I, I, I find that hard to believe. Um, for the men, yeah, you could probably find close to 10, frankly. Right now, I mean, would I put Iowa State above Iowa as far as a job? No, probably not because the Big Ten is, I think, a, a safer place to be moving forward. But certainly there's probably at least a half dozen Big Ten teams in the Midwest that probably are better jobs, quote-unquote, than the Iowa job. But that's kind of an arbitrary way of looking at it as well. Jesse says, uh, starting Pat at this point is just bad coaching. We have better options right now. Well, nobody's playing great, but I could I could see where you're going with that. T. Hink says, uh, Gabby Marshall just got to keep going, got to keep uh, shooting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they need her to make shots. That was a big part of what they did. Their run to, to uh, the national championship last year was their ability to make shots. If I missed your call, it looked like somehow the phone line dropped off momentarily. If you tried to call here uh, a few minutes ago in our uh, 515 number, 
Give us a call back. I think the phone line uh, died for a second for some reason. 515-635-1601. Um, Dom, you're right, Corey, but if Caitlin wants to play, are you going to tell her sit? Uh, well, yeah. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, she's not the head coach. Um, so if she's become larger than life Lord. and larger than Lisa Bluter, then I guess she runs the show. But last I checked, especially college level, head coaches run a team, not a single player. I don't care who it is. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call online. Thank you for calling our post-game coverage here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, Corey. This is Zach. How's it going, man? It's going all right, Zach. How are you? Well, good day to be a women's fan. <laughs> yeah, you, you got not that so right. Uh, not so much as for the men, but good day to be the women's fan. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, pretty impressed with uh, Stolke now being the number two uh, back in scoring and Sydney. What can you say about Sydney? I mean, she just does everything that she's supposed to do and just the heart and the hustle. Um, Molly Davis is a little concerning because she was a little bit more offensive oriented and the past couple of games, she seems to not be. Mm-hmm. And Sharon and Addie have kind of gone non-existent either. And I think I know they have a couple, couple more uh, non-conference games. Hopefully they can get that kind of cleaned up. I agree. Molly, uh, with her ability to find space and, and kind of attack inside, she's not someone who finishes around the rim, but I mean, like she's somebody who can stop, hit a floater, um, kick to open teammates. She's got pretty good vision. And I don't know what it's been these last couple of games. She's just kind of been, uh, she's not like she's attempting a lot of, she never forces shots, but um, right. it seems like if there's any problem for the role players on Lisa's teams, it's that they're almost too passive. Would you agree with that? Yeah, um, I mean, we saw it at home against Kansas State when they lost. It seemed like they were kind of all just waiting for Caitlin to rescue them, in a sense. Um, and it was kind of the opposite when they went down to the tournament in Florida, where everyone seemed to just be going off. Right. So I, and, yeah, and I think, and, and I think part of that problem, real quick, Zach, I was just going to add in. I think part of the problem yeah. why it may not just be this team, but but Lisa Coach Deans is because she has had so consistently, she has had a go-to player. We talk about the men not having a go-to player, but having go-to players in the past like Garza, like Keegan, like Chris, like Joe Wieskamp. Look at what the women have had. We're talking about Megan Gustafson, Kathleen Doyle, um, even going back to Sam Lodge, and of course now Caitlin Clark. They've had such talent at the top end of the roster that I almost wonder if that kind of creates more of a uh, you know, a reserved role for those role players that feel like they have to kind of defer um, you know, in a situation where they have a choice to either attack, be aggressive, or or kick it out to someone else, I wonder if that's just kind of the natural instinct when you have a superstar. Yeah, and it, there were there were some players who, especially in the Megan era, where you know she'd be quadruple team, still get the shot off, and they had some shooters surrounding her. But this this is one of the first years I can remember in a long time where they didn't really have as dominant of a post player as they normally do. And no, you're right I don't about know that. if, if, if Caitlin is some games saying, well, I can't really keep forcing it to, to non shooters. And then the whole team says, well, okay, we'll just wait for her to bail us out. <laughs> well, that that's uh, the problem with, with the one and done <laughs> format. And it, helped Iowa last year they were able to you know I think about games like South South Carolina 
would they have won that series if it was a best three to five or best two out of three? I don't think they would have, but they won in a one and done format. But the problem with how the roster has switched over and we, ironically enough, we saw McKenna Warnock up at that game today. It just seems like they're, they too often have nights where no one is doing anything but Caitlin. And I wouldn't say that was the case tonight because you got Hannah Sulky healthy and, and going, but she's got to stay healthy. That needs going to be a big storyline. If she's not healthy, there's a lot of question marks about who's going to step in and step up for to be kind yeah. of the Robin to Caitlin's Batman on a night in, night out basis. Yeah. And if, if Hannah being on the floor with Caitlin, if she's scoring 15 to 20 a game, just opens up that entire offense even more, especially if he, she can step out and make the occasional three like she has. I'm just kind of disappointed that either Sharon or Addie seem to kind of be doing much in the last couple games. I mean, they showed up against their last non-conference opponent, Bowling Green. They both had really good games, and then just last two just kind of been, where'd our centers go? Right. Yeah. Well, um, that's I, I, we've talked about that. We thought we talked about that after uh, the Iowa State game. Just the misses that Lisa had in the portal, and we talked to Brad Heinrichs about that. And they did make attempts, but we kind of figured when you lose people like Megan Gustafson <clears throat> and Monica Sonano back to back, you're going to take a dip. And they have done that. I give Jan Jensen credit. I think her bigs understand angles. They understand fundamentals. But there's just some gifted talent that people like Gustafson and, and Sonano have that you can't teach. And, um, you know, the great ones have a combination of both talent and uh, having been coached well. Yep. Yep. Well, and for people, you know, who saw Monica, her freshman year, and I know Addie and Sharon are both juniors. Monica did not look like she was going to be all that good. Then all of a sudden Megan's gone. The light bulb goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know that. Um, that and I was light hoping both one of those two would, would kind of do that same thing. Yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of faith in that happening, but um you know, I guess we'll see. Yeah, and I mean it's nice to see, you know, McCabe hit a couple threes tonight. Um I know Gabby hit one, Kate I think hit one, one or two. If they need yeah, they need someone and I think more people stepping up hitting threes. Um cuz they're going to start I, they're going to start, I don't want to say playing like FGCU, kind of living and dying by that shot. And that's a scary thing when it comes to this team because I don't think they can afford to do that. Doug, you're, you really follow the women's game almost more than I do. And, and uh, or excuse me, Zach, Doug <laughs> wants to know in the chat, he says, any thoughts on the uh, WNBA lottery make it more likely or less likely that Clark would come back? I, I don't know that that has much of an effect because even if she's a number one draft pick, <clears throat> I think her NIL opportunities probably surmount even what she would make through maybe endorsements in the WNBA and a salary. Don't, don't you think that uh, Zach? Yeah. And I know, I mean, I know the endorsements will still be there after sure. college, but, and again, I don't know what's going to be with this new NIL stuff, potentially with colleges being able to pay their own players, which I don't know when that's going to happen. But the, the only instance I could maybe see her flying to the WNBA is if, the Indiana Fever got her because that's where Connor is right now with the Indiana Pacers. Okay. Well, we don't know how. We, I mean, we is that relationship still going? <laughs> I mean, we. I, I guess. I, I don't keep up on that. I mean, <laughs> well, what, what, Zach, why don't you do me try to slide into their DMs and see if you can find out? 
Yeah, no. <laughs> um, All right, Zach. <clears throat> but yeah, hopefully, hopefully they'll, hopefully the men will turn it around. I don't really have much faith in them right now, and hopefully the women can keep it going because I think they, they what they both play what next next Saturday. They have Correct. the doubleheader in Des Moines. They both, yep, they played the. They don't have a game of the next doubleheader, so they get like six ga- six ga- days basically until they play again. <clears throat> yep, and uh, they're big. You know, they have I think two more. Women have two non-conference games, I think, and then their Big Ten season jumps right back in. So and the men have three. Yep, and hopefully uh, Hannah can stay healthy. I know Kate what twisted her ankle or something like that today. And yeah, I don't even want to get started. I know you discussed the Caitlin Clark stuff with a minute and a half left in the game. Um, mind boggling. Hopefully they me, can at least Zach. get it's healthy. A, it's mind boggling to me. It's not even, it's not even a matter of controversial it, to me. It's absolutely mind boggling. <clears throat> yep. Well, even big 10 network called it out too. Like, what is she doing? <laughs> well, the, well, yeah, the big 10 network called it out, but the one commentator, I don't know who the, the analyst was. But Shana, this is a uh, direct qu- Who was it? I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've never she, heard this with the lady before. She made the comment. Well, if she wants to play, and then she went <laughs> on to give some ridiculous reason why it's okay if she wants her if, if she wants to play, she should be able to play. And then she made some comment right before Caitlin went down about how, all right, young ladies, young players out there, watch this and realize you better be fit because you have to be able to withstand injury. What a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> Like you're you're yeah. you're seriously going to sit here and act like freak injuries don't happen? Like when Paul George, when his knee snapped in two when he was playing a was it a Team USA game years ago? That's because he wasn't yep. physically fit and he wasn't working out every day. Or when Rajon Rondo's <laughs> elbow went straight backwards in the playoffs for the Celtics years ago, that's because he wasn't fit. I mean, freak injuries happen all the time to some of the best athletes in the world. It, yeah. Like, yeah, you can try to minimize injury risk by being fit and being flexible and all that stuff. But I mean, there's some point where you do have, it's not being scared of what could happen. It's just being reasonable. When you're up 23, right. you don't need to play the best player that's probably ever played the game of college, women's college basketball. Right. And like you said, freak injury. I mean, all, I mean, all she has to do is just land on a foot wrong. Yeah. Because yep. what was it? The, Gosh, what's it, five, six years ago, that Louisville guy broke his leg and bone sticking? I mean, that was a freak, another right. freak one. Yep, absolutely. Um, it was kind of mind-boggling because I was like, I, I saw her sitting in the score table I'm like, Lisa, don't do this. Not today. <laughs> Something's yeah. bound to happen. And and I know Caitlin, well, maybe I should wear knee pads. I don't want to. She might want to consider it. Well, she almost went, like I say, she went down there. I thought it was an ugly-looking <laughs> spill. And I'm just glad apparently she was a fine. But what I mean, seriously, what if if you're the coaching staff, what do you possibly say in the press conference the day she gets seriously hurt late in a game? Yeah, I, I, I feel like unfortunately, I feel like Lisa's gonna go back to her she could get injured doing anything kind of thing, which <laughs> a lot of us yes. will be going, of course, yes, I, I could walk around my my home and somehow get freak injured. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it doesn't make a difference when you're up 40 and or today it was 24 and you're going just sit her yeah i was thinking one final thing zach and i'll let you go but i, I thought it was funny the same analyst that made the comment about well she wants to play and young ones get fit she also said right after clark went down yeah it's time it's time 
like it's time also so you you, everything is hindsight's 2020 right so you got to look back and say well well she almost got hurt so i guess that means it's time we can discern that it was time based on the score and spot in the game and setting like we don't need we don't need to see a near catastrophe to happen to realize that hey it might be time to make a change here yeah, there would have been a difference whether it would if it would have been, and I wouldn't wish this on if it was AJ Ediger as opposed to Caitlin Clark. Well, yeah, correct. Yeah, you those are the minutes you want to get AJ Ediger, and then AJ Ediger was in the game, but that's that's who you who should right. be in the game late in the game. Yeah, it was just yeah those comments from the from the analysts were like, okay, what 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 game are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> well, Zach, uh, appreciate you calling in, sir, and hopefully we'll yep. talk to you. Uh, sooner than that but we'll at least try to talk to you next week next saturday yep have a nice evening Corey. sounds good sir all right let's go to our final caller of the night here on our iowa smokehouse call in line thank you for calling iowa post game with coach gary close who's on the line this is roger hey roger how you doing tonight i'm doing all right sir how are you good hey um i just wanted to kind of talk about the the Iowa women's game. Uh, I thought the first half was uh, not real pretty. Uh, a lot of missed layups, uh, a lot of wide open shots missed. And uh, I think that's when Caitlin, when that stuff starts happening, I think that's when she starts going off and saying, okay, these people can't make a shot. I'm, I, I feel like I have to do more of this my, on my own. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have talked about that in the past, Roger. I just, I, I fear, um, you know, the dependency that this program has had on, whether it be Caitlin Clark or Megan Gustafson, it's at an all-time high right now. And part of that is because, obviously, you lost one of the best post players in the country in Megan Gustafson. Or, excuse me, Monica Sinano. Man, I'm getting my post players mixed up. Um, but I don't know how far this team can go if Mar- if Gabby Marshall can't make threes. And I really like Kate Martin, but she's still hit or miss from three. And I thought maybe eventually she'd become more consistent tonight. And what were her final numbers? Kate was, uh, let's see, she had, uh, Kate Martin had six points on two of nine shooting, one of five from three. Those numbers got to be better. Uh, Gabby Marshall made one three, but I mean, her her percentage, I, I don't even know what uh, Gabby Marshall's percentage is. I am concerned about the dependency on, on Caitlin Clark, not in games like this. They're going to beat just about anybody they want to uh, in these types of games um, with Caitlin Clark and, and just the pieces they have around her, even if those other pieces aren't playing well. But I'm talking about being able to get back to a Final Four, compete for a national title, especially in a one-and-done format. You're just playing with fire if all your role players are this hit or miss offensively. Well, I kind of went back and I had to listen to the last game for the Iowa State game. I went back and rewatched the game and I looked at that game and I looked specifically shots at Caitlin. She shot 31 times. And I looked and said, okay, well, how many bad shots did she really take or shots that she really had, you know, didn't have a high percentage of making? And I went back and I looked. I, I counted up one in the first quarter, two in the second, two in the third, one in the fourth. But I, when I went back and watched that game, Everybody was just standing, and the, the, the people weren't moving. The posts right. weren't flashing to get open. Yep. And I think part of this is chemistry where you could depend on Sonano pinned her, her player down low and was wide open, had her hands out. And when that happened, there was a bullet coming into the, into the post. It was, it was, it was, it was, we scored. I think that's part of what's going on right now is that these people aren't sliding to the areas or getting themselves open for her to deliver the ball. 
Yeah, and I, I think there's there's just such a climactic, and, and no offense to Sharon Goodman and Addison O'Grady, there's such a climactic drop from Monica Sinano, Hannah Stolke to Goodman and O'Grady that I don't think I don't think this team is built to withstand not having that post, whether that be kind of be the the flashier, faster, more athletic post in Hannah Stolke or just the solid fundamental post that was Monica Sinano. So I think I, I, you know, I'm so, I don't, I haven't gone back and watched the game back. I was in Hilton for the game on Wednesday. Uh, it felt like Caitlin had more than what was it? Five or six bad attempts. And I think with Caitlin Clark is she can take 28 footers consistently with people in her face and make them. So, you know, what's a bad shot. What's not a bad shot to me. If you're shooting from 28 feet early in the shot clock with a hand in your face and you miss it, that's a bad shot. If you make it, you just say, okay, well, I didn't love it, but it went down. And But I agree with you. I think the offense gets really stagnated when they don't have a post. Hannah Stolke's health, it, besides Caitlin Clark, I think unquestionably Hannah Stolke's health from here on out is going to be the biggest storyline to follow. The other thing I noticed on that when I rewatched that game was I took that into account when I counted those shots up. If they, she shot a shot that wasn't too advised within like the first 10 seconds of the shot clock, but when she, Caitlin doesn't have the ball in her hands in the last 10 seconds of the shot clock, we really struggle to do anything. We're all just looking to do – we can't seem to get a good shot off. But uh, uh, in the first half, I think she Caitlin missed like four or five shots in that second quarter that were in the lane. I'll have her take those every day. Yeah. Uh, tonight, uh, I think Hannah Stolke was off because she'd been off so long. We missed so many layups off of feeds from Caitlin, and we missed so many wide-open threes. She would have been on triple-double watch if those girls had just shot well. And you don't always shoot well, but she was delivering the ball tonight in places where those girls had wide-open looks. We have to be able to knock those shots down against good teams. And I think the clo- part of the problem with you talking about late clock situations, I don't love what Iowa runs in late clock situations. It just seems like a lot of isolation, and they tend to go late. Uh, you know, there's we've... I could count on one hand the number of, of times I've seen late in a clock situation where I'm like, wow, something was drawn up. Even from the sidelines or out of the timeout, uh, we saw, I mean, I think back to uh, end of last season and Kip Clark's heroic shot versus Indiana. Of course, that was a play out of the timeout. But in general, I don't love Iowa's offense late in, in late clock situations. And I think part of that is they don't really have anybody else on this team that can break you down consistently. The uh, only other player that I can think of off the top of my head, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Roger, would be Kyler Fierbach is probably the closest thing Iowa has to someone else who can break you down off the dribble. And like Gabby Marshall is not going to do that. Uh, maybe Kate Martin can do it at times, but that's still not her game. Molly can do it, but the m- thing with Molly is she is undersized at this level. And, you know, I, I she's going to create more when she can break you down, but I don't know that her, her game lends to being uh, at this level a break you down and score at the rim type of player. So I think you're either Clark or you're Fearbach. And right now, uh, Fearbach's not playing a ton. She played 16 minutes and I had eight points. I thought we'd get more out of her um, than we, especially after I saw she played against, uh, was it Virginia Tech earlier this year where she kind of went off. So yeah, those are all going to be things. And, and believe you me, these opponents are scouting these things and seeing these tendencies on tape. And that's only going to, launch even further the importance of these role players knocking down shots and what more can you say other than talk to molly davis you talk to gabby marshall you talk to 
you know, uh, a falter and Fierbach, just tell them to keep shooting in practice. It's just, to me, uh, I don't know what else you can do. If their fundamentals, their mechanics are good, then just keep letting it fly and hope they start falling. Well, on the on the shooting, uh, two other points on the shooting, you know, Gabby Marshall didn't shoot well all year last year, but, you know, she was one of the main reasons we got as far as we did. She got hot. Right. Uh, I mean, you have to, these, these girls have to keep shooting. Uh, the one thing I don't think we're taking advantage of is I think we need to get Taylor McCabe more looks. I mean, she was brought to Iowa because she could shoot the lights out. I mean, it wasn't because she was a great ball handler or anything like that. She was just a pure shooter. And I think she needs to get some more time. And I would like the, uh, the Fearbach girl as far as she can get to the basket. So I think, I think we need to, you know, have these girls have to keep shooting. They got to shoot in practice and they got to start scoring. Because if they if they get to where they hit on the outside, I was unstoppable. Because when Clark gets the middle of the floor open, where she can drive, because they have they can't collapse, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And at the end of the Iowa State game, it was it was it was basically Caitlin Clark and uh, Kate Martin having some chemistry that got them in that got them going. Yep, that's what rescued them at the end of that game. And Kate Martin and I don't started. Think Caitlin has. The, yeah, they they started to run stuff off of Caitlin's ability to to break to the, in the lane, and I think I think they're better when Caitlin makes a concerted effort to get in the lane. I mean, I think that's kind of stating the obvious, but she she loves to you know hit that shoot that step back three in big moments, but she attracts so much attention when she gets inside, and she's adept at really drawing fouls. So, um, like you said, movement off the ball is going to be key. Um, her ability to to uh, find her teammates she's got such good vision that's one thing that we don't talk about enough with caitlin clark is her ability to see her teammates flying um at, whether it be baseline or or you know on pick and rolls they don't really have great pick and roll options this year if, if stolke's not healthy which she finally looks like she is but uh, yeah kate martin they wouldn't have won that game on wednesday without kate no they wouldn't have and and but that was the two of them together that were finding each other and and once you can get someone else to score all of a sudden, it's a lot harder to guard Caitlin. And Caitlin can pretty much get a shot pretty much whenever she wants it. But it's not always the best shot. And it's not always a shot that's going to win basketball games because everybody, they get the team. It's a team sport. And, uh, but, uh, and back to your point on Bluter on the end of the games, you know, if you watch Iowa's introduction, you know, welcome to the show, you know, when they introduce the players. And that Cole Center was filled up to see one person. It was filled up to see Caitlin Clark. And I think they're almost getting so sucked into providing the show that they're forgetting, you know, how many minutes he's, Caitlin's going to log during the year. I mean, she got beat up today. Uh, I mean, she got thrown that, that where she almost got hurt. She got pushed to the floor and she takes that every game. So, I get the I get the welcome to the show part, but we also got to keep her healthy. Yep. And to Christopher in the chat who says, "Ah, oh, you guys couldn't be head coach. Risk is always there." Christopher, I could get a dozen coaches onto this very show, and they would tell you that it is foolish to do what I was doing late in game situations. And go back and listen to what Gary Close said. And he's Gary's going to be very politically correct and nice when he when he talks about this subject. But it makes zero sense. To unless you're talking about just trying to fan please, um, that that's like saying if you get on a if you're out hiking on a steep cliff and the trail gets very narrow, 
that you're just going to, you know, you know, of course, you're going to be near the edge of the cliff as, as long as the trail is narrow. But once it widens out, you're not going to continue to walk along the side of the cliff, right? Like, you're not going to deliberately take extra risk when you can clearly minimize risk by walking further off the cliff. So you're up 23 with two and a half minutes to go. You have won the game. The game is over. That You're not losing that game. So that is called taking unnecessary risk. That's very, very basic I mean, just common sense. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. And have you ever in your time watching sports for next weekend, they had this big, you know, to do over at Des Moines. Have you ever seen a girls basketball game supersede a, a men's college basketball game? Well, we will next Saturday. I haven't. I mean, that's, that's, I don't know what's, it's more, I don't know if it's more amazing for the fact that the Iowa girls are what they are, or it's more sad that the Iowa men's basketball team isn't any better than they are. Combination. It's a combination. It It wouldn't be this way without it being both. Like historically interest is so much higher for the men's game, but it takes a severe dip with the men and a severe bump jump for the women for this, for this uh, dynamic to be the case. And we've seen it happen. Well, I've I've seen Caitlin play once in person, and it was actually the Illinois game last year when they actually got beat, and uh, it's something to watch. Sure is. So hopefully they'll get their finals taken. And I don't know if this do the Iowa women have any more. Uh, I haven't looked at their schedule. What's their next tough, really tough assignment? I think Big Ten. They don't have any other uh, major non-conference games. They get Big Ten play. Oh, let's see. They get uh, two more games in the non-conference, and then, excuse me, they play. Let me see their schedule here. I'm pulling it up. Uh, so they get uh, Cleveland State this next Saturday. They get uh, Loyola, Chicago, and then on the 30th, they get Minnesota. Excuse me. So they get basically five, six days off now. They'll get another four to five days off before Loyola. Then they'll get like eight days off before Minnesota. So it's pretty sparse here. We're going to have bowl games for football, but pretty little, uh, not very much basketball, Iowa basketball. That's probably good for the men. I don't know about the women. It's probably good to get Hannah some extra rest and get Caitlin some rest. So probably a good time for this break. Okay. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you, Roger. All right. All right. Uh, It's been fun, folks, Uh, taking the last hour and a half to talk about these two games. T. Hink, Corey, what are your thoughts on Fran getting one more year? Are you done? Let's just see how the year p- plays out. Let's see how the year plays out. I've made the comment that I don't know that Fran's coming back next year anyways. Um, of his own accord. I, I don't know that yet. So let's just wait and see. Um, I, it's early December. If this thing continues to go off the rails, we can start having some conversations. But I don't think it's going to happen to the extent that we're going to probably need to have those conversations. Because he's not getting fired if they go 8-12 and 12 in the Big Ten. He's not. Um, now, would he be in the hot seat if he went 2-18? and 18? Probably. But that's not going to happen. I, I don't believe for a second. This this conference is not good enough this year for that to even be a possibility. Uh, Iowa losing to uh, the men, losing to Michigan, 90-80. to 80. Yes, uh, Michigan inserted the knife and twisted. And we've seen that for three straight games, three straight double-digit defeats this week. Incredible. The women defeating Wisconsin on the road. Big second half, big third quarter for the Hawks, 87-65. to 65. And uh, both these teams will be back on the court for a doubleheader 
next Saturday inside the well down in Des Moines. If you haven't checked out our merchandise, visit our uh, Spreadshirt, Spreadshop, excuse me, Spreadshop uh, link in our description for our merchandise, our merch line. Also, you can shop Amazon with us. Do your normal Amazon purchases via our link. It supports the show. Become a premium member. Click the join button next to the YouTube channel name here on YouTube. And if you're interested in sponsoring our coverage, check out uh, the email at the bottom ticker. You can email me, reach out, and I give you some sponsorship information for our Iowa post-game coverage with Coach John Patterson and Coach Gary Close. Much more on the way, folks. Thank you for being here. If you're interested in donating to the cause, there are links in our description. Please continue to support our sponsors. One final plug before we get off here. Our RTI Threads player of the game on the women's side, Caitlin Clark, with 28 points, 9 boards, 5 assists, 4 turnovers. I haven't given her this. We have not handed down this award to Caitlin as much this year as I would have anticipated. But at some point, you got to give it to her when she's putting up these types of numbers. No triple-double, no double-double, but she was really good and then didn't play part of that fourth quarter. It came in late, got dinged up a little bit. Hopefully she's fine. But she is our RTI Threads player of the game. And speaking of sponsorship, we want to thank Iowa Smokehouse. They have been providing sponsorship throughout the men's season, throughout the women's season, and throughout football season. Thank you to Iowa Smokehouse. Check out their awesome lines of products, meat products, uh, salsas, ketchup, sauces, all kinds of different things at iowasmokehouse.com. Use the code Hawkeyes for 15% off your order and find out how tasting is believing. Yes, tasting is believing with Iowa Smokehouse. If you spend $50 on an order, you'll get free shipping right to your front porch. Great time of year to be doing that. No need to go out in the cold. Just go to iowasmokehouse.com, get an order in, and you're supporting the show here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. I'm Corey Browdy, your host, folks, from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Stay tuned. More Hawkeye coverage coming each and every day right here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Have a great evening.